We are Sashco, a Colorado family-owned manufacturing company that has been in business since 1936. We geek out over a better way to caulk and stain. Making a good, better, best product range just doesn't make us jump up and down. We're passionate about making the highest performance product possible for each project and have innovation coursing in our blood. Visit sashco.com to learn more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taking Care of Business podcast. My name is Renee Shagnon, and I'm NHPA's Retail Engagement Specialist, and I'm also the producer of this podcast. Today, I'm so excited to have Jeremy Melnick, Vice President of Hardware and Facilities at JC Licht and former co-owner of Gordon's Ace Hardware on the show. Gordon's Ace Hardware was founded in 1950 as a single store in downtown Chicago. It grew to a seven-store chain with locations throughout the Chicagoland area before Jeremy and his father, Les, sold it to J.C. Licht at the beginning of 2022. Welcome to the Taking Care of Business podcast, Jeremy. Do you mind introducing yourself and just telling us a little bit more about who you are and your background in the industry and in your family business? Sure. Again, I'm Jeremy Melnick. Um, I'm really happy to be here, so thanks for having me. Um, I've been in the hardware world pretty much my whole life, uh, but professionally for the last 24 years. Um, prior to joining my dad back in 1998, I was in the banking industry, finance industry, did that for about five years. Um, and then he, my dad and I decided to partner uh, together um, in, at the one single store. So over that time, we, you know, we started with one in downtown Chicago, a little uh it was like a 4,000 square foot store. And mm-hmm. then as you said earlier, it grew over about a 20 year period to the seven store chain um, as of 2022. Yeah. So what was, what are some of your memories? Cause did you kind of grow up going to the store or was it something that was always just kind of in the background and part of your life then? It, yeah, it was always there. I mean, my grandfather, um, when I was a little kid, I would go to the one store, see my grandfather and then my dad. Um, as far as I can remember, we always went down there on the weekends. It was just kind of a, a part of me. Um, I never quite honestly thought I'd ever go into the hardware business um, yeah. as, as I had like a, a finance and accounting background. Um, but then after getting into the real world and just kind of having it in my blood and just seeing what my dad did is like, hey, let's see what we can pull off together and work together for, um, you know, for a number of years and see what happens. It was, it was a pretty cool um, transition and, and uh, definitely a life changing decision to go back into the family business. Yeah. Do you have any like favorite memories in the business uh, with your grandfather even? Like, I love hearing those kind of stories if anyone has well, any good ones. You know, it, it was, I was little, I mean, unfortunately he passed away when I was nine. So, mm, I mean, I was like yeah. a super little kid going down there. So to me, he was larger than life, but then really just yeah. more with my dad getting up every day, going downtown and, you know, it, being in downtown Chicago, you always had some of those crazy stories. You know, he was right off yeah. of Rush Street. He, um, you know, there was just, it was, it was just a whole different world back in the eighties in early 90s. And so, you know, really, I think just dealing with the customers and just the whole community, even though we're a large city in Chicago, we still were very community based. Um, you know, growing up, I kind of thought my dad was a celebrity because everywhere we went, even when on vacation, he always knew somebody Yeah. Um, anywhere we went. And then even when he would travel overseas, like he, there were, he was at theater in London one time, he ran into a customer. So it was That's like cool. that cool stuff that I that you know, you just you feel part of something, which is always nice. Sure. Did you work at the store like in high school or anything, or were you just kind of like you would come in here and there? Um, you know, we were always the quote free labor as yeah. the, in, in high school and junior high. So as you know, my, my dad moved the store in the eighties from, from where it originally was where my grandfather started around the corner. So he recruited my brothers and I and a couple of friends and we were just moving pegboard and product and getting it set up. And then throughout high school and college, high school over the summers and college, 
on breaks. And then even when I graduated, um, I worked there on Sundays um, just to help out my dad. I happened to live across the street. We actually traded parking for some work. I, I parked oh, above that's, the store. So, that's cool. um, yeah, so I, I always, I think, had my, I always had a toe in the business at some point, even when I was um, working at the bank or working in the corporate world for those five years before I actually went in full time. I always was there regardless. So it was sure. I was drawn in. So how did um, getting those five years of experience before you rejoined the business, do you feel like that kind of helped prepare you for even the role you're in today? But like getting that, I think for a lot of retailers, I'll talk to them and they say, you know, even though I was in a family business, my my parents encouraged me to go out and try something different. And then in a lot of cases, it can go back and apply into your business. So accounting makes sense in a retail business. But uh, what was that kind of like for you getting to get that experience? You know, as I said earlier, I really never thought I was going to go into the hardware store, go in the hardware world. I mean, I, I always had aspirations of, of going into investment banking and, and going some, doing something in finance. And I did. And once I got in there, I'm like, well, this is this is not what I expected. But it was the best education that I I had as far as um, you know, a working for other people, um, be you know, learn how to be with the team and, and not being the son of a boss, right? Sure. So I had really started at the bottom, worked my way up. I mean, they they worked us really really hard. Um, so now I had a, I felt like I had a good work ethic before I joined, but they really beat the daylights out of me for those five years. Yeah. Um, so you know, we we'd work early. We, you know, I was going to grad school at the time, and then we we leave work, go to grad school, come back, work till midnight, start all over again. I mean, it was just a, it was a grind. Um, yeah. But the amount of um, what what I learned during that time was invaluable, and it really, and I think my dad would admit it. You know, it really helped fuel our growth because we we're able to come in and take it from one store, not only learning the operations of, of larger companies, but also just be able to deal with the financing. Um, really figure out how to structure it and, our, and be able to speak the language into our growth. Sure. Um, you know, one more question I have related to your family business before we kind of move over to the transition side. Um, how how did your family kind of approach growing from the one location to to the multiple to the seven? Was that something that that was always in the back of your minds or was it later on down into the history of the business? It was like, Hey, we should open another location. Like what was that process like for your family? You know, I mean, again, being three generations, my grandfather, and again, I didn't know him extremely well, but he was always, he, he was a cartographer before after world war two. So he that got into so, the harbor business. That's so cool. And yeah. I don't know how you go from a cartographer into <laughs> to, you know, hardware, but he did. So he was really happy having the one store. I think it was 2000 feet at that point. Yeah. Um, he, you know, talking to my dad, he really didn't want to grow. He was very happy with the life that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad coming in young, he was in his early twenties when he joined my grandfather um, and he wanted to grow. And, and over the course of time, it had grown, I think two to three stores and he had also diversified into some other businesses. But by mm-hmm. the time I joined him, we were back down to one, but, you know, I came in and, and we agreed before I actually stepped in the door full time that we were on a growth path. So I wasn't going to come in and have to be, I didn't want to, I did not want to be part of one store the rest sure. of my career. But we came in with that goal in mind that we're going to grow and grow yeah. as, as big as we can get. So from, so you said you joined in 96 or was it 98? 98. 98. Okay. So from 98 until recently, you grew from back from one store up to seven. And then is that? Yeah. So. Yeah, so it, it took us. It, it took me a little while to kind of figure it out um, mm-hmm. as far as how to grow and get the operations. And and you know, urban versus suburban. There's there's some other challenges, but it took about seven years for us to get to number two. 
Sure. And then from that point on, the opportunities opportunities um, kind of fell our way. And we had another person locally that wanted to sell us a couple stores. And so I think over the course of the 24 years, I think we for I think we had 10 at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, you know, trying to right size and some lease issues, et cetera. So, um, yeah, we were as high as 10, but we ended with seven. Okay, we cool. Um, so I guess tell me now a little bit about, um, getting into that business transition planning and, and the acquisition and when did all that kind of start to happen? Was it, did you have relationships with people from JC Licht and it just came about or like kind of tell us a little bit about the background of, um, you know, the process that led to where you're at today now working with JC Licht and also uh, selling your business to the company? You know, I think it all started really pretty much the first day that I walked in the door back in 1998 because okay. you know, I never looked at, at owning the store as like a job, like this is my career. Like we, we, you're still, again, coming from the, the, the background I had, this was an asset. Right? Yeah. So we, we know we wanted to grow a company from the value of one store up to seven stores. So I had that and, you know, my, my dad, I was, you know, late twenties uh, at the mm-hmm. time. And, um, you know, we always talked about my dad retiring. Maybe it was going transition from one generation to another generation. And so we were always, we would talk frequently as, as we grow, what's the business worth? When does my dad want to retire? What's next for me? So we've, we had that conversation, I think throughout, um, you know, the 24 years we were together and, yeah. um, you know, and, and as my dad got into his seventies and I got into my late forties, we're like, okay, well what's next? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that, that, you know, what I say was easy conversations between my dad and I, as far as we, you know, whenever you're dealing, you know, valuation, no, but we, but we, we were at least open um, about all of it. So we always look to see what the value was. We always look to see if there was available and, you know, we kind of joked, everything's always for sale. Yeah. You know, so, so if, if it made sense, we were going to do it. And, sure. um, you know, so then, you know, when, when COVID hit, you know, I think that was really the catalyst. I mean, the, the stories did well. Uh, my dad, you know, like many folks of his generation, were just a little bit nervous to come in with the public. So he had stepped away for a while. You know, he was communicating from afar. But we felt that was a good time to either I decide that I want to start the buyout plan because we had a, a succession plan. Yeah. So he and I, that either, I, either he would retire and I'd buy him out or we would sell and then he'd get bought out and I would go on to the next venture. Mm-hmm. Um for me, you know, it was always, you know, have I taken the company as far as I felt I could take it? And would I be able to provide opportunity to my team? Because when I started, we only had 12 employees, including me. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we sold, we had over 100. Yeah. So it's, it's like, where's the growth? And we've had people with us for 30, 40 years, people that were there longer than me. Yeah. So um, I had met uh, JC Licht accidentally. I mean, I always knew of them in, locally in Chicago, but um, Ellie and I had had met um, there. Um, we had met at, at some event, and we just started talking, and um, we hit it off. And uh, he, we just said, you know, hey, he's really strong in the paint. I really like the hardware. It's kind of like, can you put the peanut butter and jelly together a little bit? Yeah. And we just felt that there was something there, so we started actually talking before COVID about is there a way for us to work together? And we both threw some ideas against the wall. Um, and you know, during COVID, you know, we kind of separated a little bit just to kind of figure out what this whole thing was about. And then as, as things stabilized, we revisited again. Um, and we just discussed like, Hey, you know, what's best for JC Licht? What's good for Elliot? What's good for me? What's good for my dad? And it just, everything just kind of aligned. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we were, but we were prepared 
that if this opportunity came along that I knew what I felt the value was worth. It was yeah. not a pie in the sky. There was logic to it. Um, JC Licht agreed what it was and there was values that he wanted to grow the business, you know, together as well. So it just was a win and I was cliche, but it was a win-win for all of us. Sure. To kind of make this happen. So then as you're having these conversations and the, the idea of selling the business, was it always in your mind that wherever you sold, you would end up working with that company and continuing on in a different capacity? Or did that also just come about like in a way where you were like, well, actually this would be a great next step in my career. And I know a lot of the people from my stores at least, and I can bring my expertise in hardware to this company. Um, you know, again, everything's situational, right? It's sure. Your, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, for what you built, you're getting, you know, you're, you're, you're getting a, a, a fair market value um, for that. But, right. You have to look at what's for yourself. So if you'd asked me, you know, 10 years ago, would I have done this? Probably not. Yeah. Um, and if, if I did this 10 years from now, would I do this? Probably not, because at that point, maybe I want to be done. Sure. But at this stage in my life, um, you know, I, I, I want to be able to do something, you know, challenge, do something bigger. I mean, I was, again, I didn't want to be in one store. I was fortunate enough to be able to grow it to seven. Now I'm coming to a company that had, you know, now even in the short period of time, we're at 11 yeah. stores and then there's 40 plus paint stores. So the opportunity to get big and as Elliot says, to create more opportunity, um, he's built a really good team here. So now I feel like I could be part of something bigger, still have uh, control over the hardware side, but also learn um, and continue to grow and be challenged. And that was, that was the big thing for that opportunity. But so everything kind of had a fit in place and the, and the opportunity was, was very, very good for me. Um, as I said, and it was good for JC Licht and it was obviously good for my dad and for, for, for Gordon's. Sure. Um, was it tough for your dad kind of making that? I mean, it sounds like the way that COVID worked, I feel like for a lot of people, when they decided to step away from the business, like you're kind of like one day you were in the business doing your everyday thing. And then it's just like, you're done. And then, I mean, obviously he was still involved, but from a distance. So I don't know if that would have helped him make the transition out or do you think it made it a little tougher? I think it, I think it made it a little bit easier subconsciously. Okay. I mean, my, you know, look, I got my work ethic from my dad. My dad was a, a little bit different. You know, he, he was on the floor every single day, welcoming every customer, shaking hands. And that was yeah. his life from, you know, from 1970 to, to recently. So he, he, that was his life. I mean, he, he was Gordon's ace. That was his identity. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think if you said before COVID, I think transition, like, what am I going to do afterward? Um, I think you want to be able to answer that question. And, and, you know, he slowed down over the last couple of years and over the winters, he would vacation a little bit longer. Um, but I think because of COVID, because of that two years and he, and he was forced to be out of the day to day, yeah, it kind of made that transition a little bit easier, but I'll tell you that, you know, and that's where the conversations happened, but I'll tell you, and it was, I was worried mm -hmm. on the bottom, to be honest, but yeah. He was gone. He was out. Of, he was out for the winter. Um, the transaction happened while he was out of town. And yeah. he came back like a month and a half later back to Chicago. Uh -huh. And that's when I was worried. In the first week, he went around to all the stores. And then he realized, I don't have to be here. And he hasn't looked back. That's so awesome. It, so I was yeah. kind of surprised about that. But, he, he, you know, now I talk to him and he's he's enjoying life, you know. And he that's went great. And a couple years ago, he, he's like, I don't think I could ever get away from the business. And now he's like, He's the happiest camper on the planet right now. Yeah, that's so great. Cool. Sell the yeah, business, cool. go retire, go to warmer climates, get away from Chicago for a little bit, enjoy the well, rest of your life. Like that's well, that's, that's great. What I, told him. I, mean, I mean, he he earned it, and mm -hmm. um, he, this this is why he busted his tail for fifty plus years, right? So yeah. He can enjoy this, 
And it, he, I mean, he's having a good time. So God love him. That's awesome. Well, that's great. Um, and I'm sure he loves kind of following along and seeing what you've been doing with everything with JC Lect now. You know, he does. Um, you know, we'll have, I, I, we, we actually, you know, now, now we're, you know, we're not business partners and obviously yeah. you know, we're father son. So, you know, trying to balance that relationship, which I'm sure anybody can relate to sure. family business, have their strengths and their weaknesses or pluses and minuses. And, and now we're just father son again. Yeah. So we can have those conversations. And then if there's something that's kind of aggravating, it's like, gotta go. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of fun. It's absolutely fun. It's like being back when you were, uh, I don't know if you ever played baseball, but if you're on Little League or something, it's like, yeah, this happened at the game. Now you're like, this happened That's exactly what it is because you can can be more arm's length with it. Yeah. You know, sharing the successes and, you know, just kind of watch. Not in the nitty gritty details. Correct. 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 So um, do you mind sharing a little bit about your role at JC Licht and um, kind of what that... uh, that transition into adding hardware into that company has been like for them. Um, and maybe some of the things that have been easy and some of the things that have been like, Oh, this is something that, you know, when you have a hardware background, you just know it. And maybe it's something that you're able to kind of help them get a better grasp on. Yeah. You know, coming into a company where, you know, you think, you know, I, like I thought I sold paint my whole life, Mm -hmm. which I did, but it was, it was really only, you know, one category within the hardware world. We have, you know, nine departments or whoever's listening. Sure. Um, significant amount of departments. But in the paint world, it's paint. Yeah. Um, and we are um, we are pure retail and the and the and the JC Lib world is, is per, pure contractor or pro. Um, and so they are really significantly different. And so for me to come in and see the advantages of how we run an A store, um, I think there's a lot of learnings on the paint world. And then a lot of things that we struggled with, I think, on the hardware side, there's a lot of learnings in the paint world, um, especially more on, on the, for lack of a better term, the B2B side that they do mm-hmm. extremely well. So I think putting those two worlds together has been educational for both sides of us. But um, yeah, no, JC Lifted had a hat. Well, they have, um, they had four hardware stores before I joined. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, but three aces that were only around for about a year before um, mm-hmm. we were acquired. So it was really good timing for me to come in, I, we were we were established bolting on those other other three, and then adding one more since then is really um, is given some stability. And then just we have a really good team here as far as how how the org chart is. Um, but you know, one of the things I knew coming in, I wasn't just going to be strictly hardware. Mm-hmm. So when the and, and the facilities, I'm still looking for a better name for it. But basically, you know, just through family, I've I've had some experience in dealing with um, you know leases of some of the properties, and obviously being a hardware, I've seen you know. And be responsible for my own buildings, so I'm now overseeing that for JC, like to try oh, to get to well. That's what the so, facilities means. Okay, yeah, that's what that meant. So <laughs> all 60 locations that we have, um, you know, from the either the projects or the day-to-day maintenance or the HVAC contracts and stuff like that, um, rolls under me, which is great. So yeah, I have a, a dual role in that respect, as far as you know, again, growth for me, growth for JC Licked, you know, growth in general. So it's it's been great. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what are some best practices that you could share with other retailers who are, you know, maybe maybe not in the maybe they don't have seven locations or maybe they only have one or two or something or they could have even more than seven. Who knows? But um, what best practices would you give to someone, whether they're a smaller retailer or a larger retailer, if they're saying, OK, kind of getting to that point where I want to figure out you know, either an acquisition or, you know, transitioning out of the business, what advice would you give to them 
um, if they're trying to maybe sell to an outside source, like what you ended up doing? You know, well, one, I think you need to keep your house clean. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you need to make sure that your inventory is, you know, is, ac is accurate, as accurate as it can be. Make sure your financials are as clean as they can be. Um, and, you know, have a realistic idea of what your business is worth. You know, yeah. don't have a pie in the sky. I mean, you know, talk to people, um, you know, talk to your co-op or talk to, you know, anybody, any resource that's, that, you know, any trusted advisor and, and try to get an idea, excuse me, of what that business or what you think your business is worth. And can you, you know, are you okay with it? Sure. And if not, how can you, what can you do to your business to make it more valuable? Yeah. And as long as you have that in mind, um, I think, you know, I think you'd be in good shape. So if the opportunity presents itself, I, I mean, if we own our own home, everybody kind of knows what your house is worth, but mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people don't always know what their business is worth. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I think as soon as you kind of get those pieces in, in place, you may not be ready to sell mentally, but I think from a business, smart business, you have to have it. You always have to have a price tag. Yeah. Well, just a little, um, a little, Side note for our listeners, uh, NHPA actually has the NHPA marketplace um, where we work with someone who does business valuation. So if you're hearing this yeah. and you, you need some support, that might be an option. Um, so was there anything during the business transition or acquisition process that was like, you know, uh, surprising to you or was something you weren't necessarily expecting? And how did you kind of adjust to that? Were there, was there anything like that? I mean, from what you've said, it almost sounds like everything fell into place, but. Um, no, I mean, I think, that, look, the biggest transition, as I said, we, we've had, you know, cultures, right? Yeah. Um, we can, we have people that were with us longer than me, 30, 40 years. Um, you know, we, they started with some started with us when we were the, the original 12 that I said, um, mm -hmm. other folks, we, we have people that have been with us for a long time. Um, and we built like family you know, with, uh, with my dad, with myself. So I think the fear of the unknown of like, wait, how big are we really getting? You know, where, where is my dad going? Where am I going? What does that all mean? So I think that fear of the unknown of going from an established business of 70 years to another established business, but bigger, what does that mean for them? And so I yeah. think that transition and trying to get over those hurdles, um, would be the, would be the biggest thing to, to, um, you know, everybody's future would be the biggest thing to get, to get over. Yeah. Um, how was for your team? Was it um, maybe comforting or ha were a lot of them happy to know that you were still around, you think? I mean, I'd like to think maybe so. Maybe they wouldn't admit that. But. <laughs> no, I, I like to think so. I mean, there there were there were some tears shed originally when they, when we first made the announcement. Um, but yeah, and that's what I thought that, hey, I'm really not going anywhere because even when we bought, because we've done ground up and we've acquired people and, you know, the owner's there one day, we, we do the transaction and we never see them again. Yeah. So here I thought being on the other side is that, you know, if I'm going to be around, at least it'd be a familiar face. Um, I mean, the good news and the credit to JC Lake to Dally is that everybody, everybody came over. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, there was no threat of, you know, losing jobs or anything. And my management team is still here. Everybody stayed. Um, and, you know, it's been a year later. So um, I think that gave everybody comfort. But, you know, the first month, just like any change is, is tough. And we just had to come over that hurdle. But um, everybody around it, rallied around it and then uh, did the best we could. And, you know, we're doing well. Yeah. I'm sure it might've been an adjustment answering phones. And instead of saying Gordon's ace saying, wait, that was, you licked. <laughs> that, that was, and you know, the different name on the, on the chest, you know, going instead of the A's having JC licked ace. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, and then would you say that the team that you had though, you know, now that they're part of this really well-known and, and, it, you know, 
technologically advanced paint company. Now they probably have even more, not that you guys weren't equipping them for paint, but now they also have a, a wider knowledge in the paint category. Is that strengthened in those stores as well? Absolutely. Um, correct. I mean, we starting with me all the way down, you know, the, their business model and their industry is, is, is night and day. So for mm-hmm. us to be able to talk retail and pro, um, have these guys deal with the, the customer that we've always tried to get, but we weren't set up correctly to get. Yeah. Um, we can now we can now service every customer possible. And I, you know, and again, it's challenging everybody else. Well, it's not the same thing over and over again. We're always trying to get better. This is a whole new um, skill set, as you said, for them. And you know, we're still trying to grow and develop it. And it's it's pretty cool to watch. You know. And, yeah. And, and they're and some embrace it right away. Some are a little bit slower. But at the end of the day, um, we're we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. I think that's the, an interesting, um, thing too, that you were able to be bought out by a company that was primarily, although they did have some hardware stores. Um, I just think that there's a a really natural, um, like marriage opportunity between the hardware and paint industry. And that's why we even changed our name after over a hundred years from NRHA to NHPA. So, um, you know, the paint industry, they're getting to know who we are, but it's great to have someone who who can say, oh, no, they're reliable in our corner and and let the friends at JC Licht and any other paint dealer. Um, that's our big thing is getting out there and really making sure that the paint industry knows we're here to support them. And um, yeah, I think it's for many years, it's almost like there's been a little bit, not on purpose division, but I think it's a great way. Um, the, the industries just are so well aligned. It's like you can learn something from each other. Correct. Correct. They complement they complement each other very very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's one thing you wish all all of our listeners or any other retailers you would meet or um, you know what what's something you wish they would know, they would know about the process of succession planning um, and and how to how to do it in a way that doesn't make you want to pull your hair out. Yeah, I had a full head when I started. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's just planning and it's not a simple overnight. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lot of um, open and honest conversations, um, not only with your business partner, family member, but also with, you know, with my wife and my family. And um, it's just over communication. I mean, just over communicate it yeah. um, and, and really be honest about your plans and what you want to do. Um, and that should make it, you know, be realistic about your goals, as I said earlier. And if, if this is the right decision for you, then you'll be well, you'll be set, but you, you don't want to be ever be in a position where you have to sell. You want to be in a position where you always are able to sell because the opportunity is there. Yeah. The more planning, the better. Yeah. Yeah. Something you mentioned earlier in our conversation that, um, you know, struck a bell with me because I know not everyone wants to think about it, you know, and, and you said, you know, from the moment I joined the company in my late twenties, we were talking about, you know, our future. Um, and so I think just to put that bug in our listeners ears again, if you haven't started and you want to retire in the next 10 years and you haven't made a plan today's, this is your sign. I don't know if you would agree with me, but I would, you know, and and the the other part is is that, you know, you're looking, look, it's, it's, it's history. I mean, I think the hardest part selling a 70 year old family business. Yeah. Um, but you know, you have to balance for what you're doing it for sentimental reasons or you're doing it for business reasons. And, um, there's, you know, there's a balance. Yeah. Um, but, but at the end of the day, you're running a business. Um, it's not just a job. Yeah. And, um, and if it's, and if you build it big enough where you want to continue with the next generation, awesome. And that's fantastic. And, you know, but you got to, you have to be able to make choices. 
Yeah. Having those options lined up and then trying to take some of the emotion out of it. Although I'm sure that's. That was better said. I, I said yeah. emotion. Emotion yeah. are Taking some of it because it is. It's like for a lot of people, their business is their is one of their babies. So right. um, finding yeah. a way to know the baby is in good hands. Right. Well, great. Well, is there anything else we didn't talk about today that you want to share with our listeners? No, I, I think you covered it all. It was pretty thorough. And I, I think we covered everything. Yeah, I, I would agree. So um, again, thank you so much, Jeremy, for coming on the podcast. We really enjoyed getting your insights and talking to you all about business transition and you know an acquisition process. And um, again, if anyone's listening and has questions or needs anything, um, the association is here. And, and like you said, also, a lot of times your wholesaler is happy to help answer any questions and work through um, some of those those things that you're you might be worrying about as well. So thanks again for coming on. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course.